For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This meeting is being recorded. If you want the run uncut, yeah. unapologetic from the jump, yeah. and no politics in this club, just dirt from the streets and the creeks in the mud. Best podcast for the Seahawks, number one sports talk, yeah, we got it on live. Every episode, 12 hot takes, and we repping for Seattle, my place. It's the Take 12 Podcast. Today, I'm kind of flying solo, sort of. Lofa will be here later in the episode because we have an exclusive chat. <laughs> I don't know if it's exclusive, but it sounded professional. Uh, with Nick Belore. And you know how this show is. I mean, so far we're batting a thousand with guests who score touchdowns, so we'll see what happens with Nick for this weekend. Also, a chat with William McFadden from the Believe in Falcons podcast on the Believe NFL Network. So we'll get his take on what the Falcons have been up to so far this season and how they look going into this game this weekend with our Seahawks. But before we get into all that, a quick word from our brand new sponsor. Fit My Foot. Fit My Foot has revolutionized the footwear industry. These are insoles, guys. They are custom insoles. Uh, What you do is you download the Fit My Foot app. You use your cell phone to scan your foot with your phone's camera, and then you send it in to the Fit My Foot folks, and they send you back a custom insult that will take away your foot pain, your back pain, some leg pain. Uh, 99% of their customers re- uh, reported increased comfort, 82% reported less foot fatigue, and 80% of people reported feeling less pain by using these custom insoles from Fit My Foot. Their insoles have a long-lasting premium footbed, shock-absorbing heel cushion, and 3D-printed custom arch support. Our guy Lofa Tatupu uses Fit My Foot, and you guys can too. Also, usual uh, insoles that you get from a podiatrist, it can take forever for them to come in. Fit My Foot insoles come in in 14 days, and Take 12 listeners can use our promo code LOFA20, that's L-O-F-A-2-0, to get 20% off right now. So check out Fit My Foot on your app stores, download the app, start taking pictures of your feet, but not in a weird way. (laughs) 
Do it for the Fit My Foot insoles, everybody. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. Also, a shout out to our sponsor, EpicSeats.com. The EpicSeats.com ticket giveaway is going on right now. Lofa put up the video of himself saying the movie quote. If you guess the movie quote, we put you into the hat and we'll pull out a name to win uh, two tickets to the Seahawks versus the Falcons this weekend, courtesy of our friends at Epic Seats. Dot com. We appreciate their support. Mention Take 12 when you're buying or selling at EpicSeats.com to either get 12 extra dollars per ticket when you're selling. If you are selling your Seahawks tickets this season for any reason, if you're a season ticket holder who can't make it to the game and you don't sell your tickets with EpicSeats.com by using the Take 12 extra $12 per ticket, what are you doing? You're just leaving money on the table. Sell your tickets with EpicSeats.com. And then if you're buying tickets, go to EpicSeats.com also. Um, as I mentioned, I chatted with William McFadden from the Believe in Falcons podcast all about the upcoming matchup and the game this weekend. I'd like to play that conversation for you now. And then after that, Lofa and I got a chance to chat with Seahawks captain Nick Ballore, and I'll play you that conversation. So up first, it's William McFadden from the Believe in Falcons podcast. On take 12. Joining us on the betonline.ag hotline, uh, William from the Believe in Falcons podcast. William, the Falcons don't scare us, but I don't think the Seahawks scare you. And these two teams seem pretty mediocre so far. What are we looking at going into this game? Well, it's a great way to frame it. Uh, <laughs> you like off, that? I, I think that one of the things that was so shot, not shocking, but just like, I guess, just such a, a blow to the gut seeing the Falcon schedule because we didn't have the highest expectations for them. And mm-hmm. then their first seven games, honestly, up until a Thursday night matchup with Carolina, really tough. And yeah, that changed a little bit with the Deshaun Watson suspension because they got the Browns up to the Seahawks. But even looking at it, it was honestly New Orleans at home week one and Seattle on the road week three were kind of the two wins that you could maybe see the Falcons getting um, in their first seven games. I actually feel much better about that prediction now Mm -hmm. uh, heading into week three than I did at the time because you know I I haven't seen much to like and we'll get into this from Seattle so far where I have seen a good bit to like for Atlanta even though they are 0-2 they've been a little bit feistier in these games than I expected look Seahawks huge emotional game week one Russ's return they clearly got up for it they ended up getting that one by one but then we saw what happened last week against the Niners and all of us here in Seahawk land are obviously hoping that the Seahawks can play better but, I mean, like I said, you know, you guys don't really make us nervous. We don't really make you nervous. I mean, but if there is one thing when you look at the Seahawks, is there a playmaker you're looking at that, that you know, does make you nervous at all? Are you guys nervous even just a little bit? That's so funny because I have the same question written down uh, <laughs> for, for a Seattle standpoint. But, yeah. no, I mean, I, I think that um, I don't know defensively if, if there are too many guys that, that really truly scare me. Um, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to look at my notes here. I, I think that um Inwosu has had like a good yeah. start for you guys. Yeah, and great season so far. Off to a good start. Maybe there's a there's a chance that that, that happens, but Marcus Mariota's been really good back there and at escaping pressure. And then offensively, maybe Rashad Penny is the I mean, the receivers are still clearly scary, right? DK Metcalf, that one-handed catch that got called back last yep. week. I stood up out of my couch 
Yeah. Is that that I stood up <laughs> off of my couch, maybe. You can stand uh, up on your couch like Tom crash. Cruise. I'm in love with exactly. DK. <laughs> I got up like DK did on that couch. Yeah, you did. Um, and it sucked to see it get called back. But those guys are still there. I just yeah. have big questions about Geno Smith. And yeah. so offensively, not really. And defensively, you know, Quandry Diggs, maybe. But I, I just think that the defense is more the sum of the parts. And I don't know if I'm scared of that yet. Right. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think for us, too, you know, looking at your guys' last game, you know, Mariota, 17 of 26 for 196, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, we, we're giving up a lot of yards uh, this, this season so far. And Mariota, you know, local kid from the PNW. So returning yeah. up there, he'll probably have a lot of fans in the stands, a lot of friends and family there, stuff like that. So, you know, he's going to be motivated. So he, he scares me a little bit. And then, of course, London, I mean, yep. you know, he can take the top off and, and score a bunch of points. So, I mean, because, so see... You're not really nervous about our defense, and I'm nervous about our defense. You see what I mean? Um, and and those are the kinds of things that I think scare me about you guys. One thing that doesn't really have me scared, and I, I want to know from you what's going on here, against the Rams, which was your guys' last game, you guys lost 27-31. Believe me, all of us in Seattle were pulling for you guys in that game, but you guys <laughs> came up just short. Um, but the rushing stats, Cordero Patterson was your leading rusher with 10 carries for 41 yards, I mean, it's a 4.1-yard mm-hmm. average, but... Yeah, I mean, that's part of it has to do with just the way the game unfolded. In week one, he had a career-high 22 carries for 120 yards. It's, I, didn't, I didn't realize he's, he's like the Debo Samuel of the yeah. NFC South. I, didn't, I just didn't even understand that. That shows you... Yeah, no, I mean, he, Debo Samuel is the exact correct way to think about Cordero Patterson. And it's he on the one hand like he runs like a kick returner he's Mm -hmm. just shot out of a can and runs downhill from the second that he gets the ball which it's a lot of fun to watch when he gets going like that but on the other hand he's a very effective receiver last Mm -hmm. season matt ryan it was kind of his go-to guy even down the sidelines and kind of some of these whole shots against cover three looks things like that so he is a huge x factor for this falcons team but they want to run the ball last week just got a little bit out of hand with them, um, with the Rams kind of getting such a big lead. And frankly, the Rams defensive front, Greg Gaines was insane in Mm -hmm. that game. He single-handedly wrecked several kind of short yardage plays where the Falcons were looking to, to really move the ball. I expect them to have better success running the ball this week. I don't think the game is going to get really out of hand, maybe in either direction. So it should be, um, there should be a lot of opportunities for them to run the ball, but I want to ask you, so Seattle's run game, under Pete Carroll has usually been the bread and butter, but I read an interview this morning where it looks like he now wants to to let Gino cook. Is I mean, is that kind of what the word is? I know the, it, the street. And this, how do you feel about that? This offense for the last few years has just been very confusing. I think for a lot of people because like like and you just said it there, and and Lofa and I talk about on our show how the national media or people more with a national perspective have this assumption that a Pete Carroll team wants to just run the ball. We ran mm-hmm. the ball great with Marshawn. I mean, we know Pete wants to run the ball, but then without Marshawn, sometimes they don't really run it, which leaves us all scratching our heads. I don't really even know if us as Seahawks fans or the Seahawks really even know what kind of an offense they run. Shane Waldron's been there now. Uh, This is his second full season or third. He was Russ's guy. That's what we all heard when he came in. It was like kind of the guy that Russ wanted. Well, Russ isn't there anymore. Russ was kind of cooking while he was there, but then P said he wanted to run. So then we ran more. So now Russ is gone, but Russ's guy is still there. We're not really running the ball very much when we think we should be (laughs) running the ball. I mean, Rashad Penny's in a contract year. 
right? They brought him back for the one year and they don't even give him 20 carries a game. Mm-hmm. Run him. What's the pitch count for? Let's get him in there. Let's see what he, let's see what he can do and see if we want to sign him to a long-term thing. And for him, he's got to be frustrated because this is his one year to show it and there's right. really nothing to show so far. Uh, our Travis Homer, our, our third down back, I think played more snaps last week than any other running back in that room for us, which that doesn't make sense to us when we look at our rushing stat line. So I think for the Seahawks, we got to kind of figure out who we are on offense. Mm. You know, we're not getting first downs and our defense is out there a long time. And that is what really hurt us last season. And it's what hurt us last game. And against you guys, if, if our defense is out there the whole time (laughs) with Mariota sending guys deep you know, I mean, Kyle Pitts, I mean, talk about a talented tight end that hasn't even really been utilized so far this year, year for you guys. Could be a yep. long day for us, man. But also, but much like you, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched a little bit. And so I'm hoping this is going to be at least an entertaining game. I think it will be entertaining. You know, it's really interesting that you mentioned the offense kind of being unable to sustain drives because that's something that I think the Falcons have done really well. But it's oh, also no. what I think can be their Achilles heel <laughs> mm-hmm. because I don't know if they're talented enough yet or consistently talented enough to overcome setbacks on drives, you know, and that could be a false start penalty. That could be a hold. That could be a first down run that gets stopped for a two yard loss. You know, I don't know if they're able to consistently win on second and long or third and long, but they look beautiful on offense when they kind of are in rhythm, when it is second and three or, you know, third and one, they've been a little iffy this year, but, but you kind of get my point Mm -hmm. in doing the research and looking at the numbers, you know, Geno Smith has the highest completion percentage among all quarterbacks in the league, but he's got the a 32nd in average depth of target right. in the air. Is They're that not kind of going what you're down. getting at? There's just, yeah. there's no explosive plays and they can't really maintain anything on offense. So it's three and out, six and out, you know, just that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're just jump dumping it off short. And the first game to DK, even they didn't go down the field at all. And then as you mentioned, they go down the field in week two, but it gets called back. Yeah. So yeah, they're just not uh, pushing the ball down the field and and even in the intermediate and like mid-level stuff they're not really ha- hitting a lot of those like seam routes and and you know um things that you usually see over the middle i think both of us are kind of looking at this game the same way right like we're not really sure of what we got but a lot is going to be determined from this game and i think we're both equally hoping it goes well for each of our teams um i want to ask you about the nfc south though yep. right cuz you got tom brady down there i mean they're clearly the front runners in that division um, and I mean, speaking of them, how about, well, actually we want to talk about the fight real quick. You want to talk about the suspension? You want to talk about Mike Evans protecting TB? <laughs> I mean, talk, talk about somebody who I do have on my fantasy team and who kill, I have Trey Lance and Mike Evans and they, Oh lost, wow. Uh, no. Yeah. You know, just because those guys didn't play the entire game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mike Evans being out, it's going to be interesting. I think I love the, the rivalries in the NFC South. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so many Falcons fans were very excited to see Marshawn Lattimore just absolutely get trucked. Um, yeah, he's especially since AJ Terrell is here because Falcons and Saints fans obviously are our biggest rival, uh, one of the best rivals I think in the uh, NFL. Yeah, but there was always that weird kind of bragging rights thing where when we had Julio and then they got Michael Thomas, they just would not shut up about Michael Thomas and we're like, yeah, but like look at all the great things that Julio does and your guy runs pretty slant routes, but like it's whatever. And then. Marshawn Lattimore, they were like, all right, well, we've got the top corner, you guys, and then we got AJ Terrell. And so it's kind of like this weird back and forth thing. But to see Marshawn Lattimore kind of get that from Mike Evans, where I 
think pretty collectively on Mike Evans's side um, in that case, which I never thought, you know, I would take part in defending Tom Brady, <laughs> but here we are. Right. Yeah. Or Mike Evans for that matter. So where do you think the Falcons ultimately end up then in this division? Well, based on, I think they're a better team than the Panthers. Um, I think, I think it, there's a chance that it comes kind of neck and neck with, with new Orleans. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's a long way to go there, but those the Falcons and the saints feel like the two teams where there's maybe the most variability in how their seasons can play out in this division, which again, I did not necessarily think that was the case two weeks ago. So I reserved the the right to default back to my original take this year, which was kind of like, this is a six win team. I don't think they're very good, but I think they're going to be kind of professional enough and just have a baseline floor of competency that is going to win them some games because the league is a close league. And usually it comes down to, you know, situational football, but if I had to guess right now, I'd say third, but if they finish second, I would not be shocked. Just don't put that on a t-shirt though. You know, you don't want to see a t-shirt that says Atlanta Falcons base level of competency. No, no more t-shirts. Dan Quinn took all the t-shirts with him when, <laughs> when he went to Dallas. So, um, base level of competency. although that's a good one, <laughs> uh, give me a prediction for the game. Uh, how do you think this thing uh, shakes out? Actually, we do this because on our show, the Score Prediction Challenge is brought to you by our friends at Simply Seattle. Go to shop.simplyseattle.com. Use promo code TAKE12, the name of our show, to take 12% off of anything on their website. And also, if you enter our Score Prediction Challenge on our social media, which is at Take12Pod on all social medias, um, and you nail the score prediction, you get a gift card from them. I think it's worth 50 bucks. So go on over and enter the score prediction challenge on our social media. But William, what's your official prediction for this game? Ooh, so as much as we talked about the Falcons and the the Seahawks kind of being in the same boat, I think this is going to be a big one for Atlanta. I think they're going to kind of really get on the right track. I'm going to say 32, which is not a score you hear a lot, Uh uh, 13. Oh, no. Did you hear that, Seahawks fans? Oh, man. Well, listen, William, I like you, but I hope you're wrong. I mean, I understand (laughs) that. But but Brett, I got to I got to know what uh, what is your prediction? Well, look, the Seahawks this year, like we said, we don't know what we're going to get. It's going to be ugly. They've all been ugly. And if we're going to win it, it's going to be an ugly win. So I'm going to go low scoring. I think, again, we're 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 16, 17, 18 points. Uh, let's make it weird. Give me 18 points and then uh, give me the Falcons 15 for the we're game. Getting, we're going to get scoregami in this game. Ugly, strange scoring, low scoring, and I think we just eke one out. Um, and mostly just because we're at home. We like to play well at home, home cooking, all that kind of stuff. Thanks for taking the time, William. We really appreciate it. Uh, before you get out of here, tell everyone where they can find you and the Believe in Falcons podcast. Yeah, uh, well, Believe in Falcons, good news there. It's probably wherever you're listening to this podcast <laughs> is where you can find our podcast uh, with my co-host, Ovi Mahaley, a former fullback in this league and all pro. Uh, so he has great insight. And then you can follow me on Twitter, at Will McFadden. Simple enough. And all of my written work can be found at thefalcoholic.com. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, no problem, Brett. Good to catch up with William from Believe in Falcons. You guys can find their podcast. It's Believe in Falcons, spelled our way. B-L-E-A-V in Falcons. Good insight from him there. Up next, I want to play this conversation that Lofa and I had with Nick Ballore. But before I do, this is that part in the show where we play a commercial from ButcherBox. Shout out to ButcherBox. We appreciate them for their support. 
And we appreciate you guys going out there and checking out these sponsors. That's why they come to us, because you guys go to them and the world goes round. All right, it's time for our conversation with Seahawks captain Nick Ballore, linebacker, fullback, jack of all trades on the team, and a hell of a guy. Turn it up, enjoy the chat, and I'll be back afterwards to wrap up the show. What's up, fellas? There he is. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for doing this, man. We really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, I've, I've been watching and I'm glad to finally get on. We should just tell Nick right off the bat, right? We're So far, we're two for two in terms of active Seahawks and touchdowns scored in games. Uh, we had Uncle Will on and then inadvertently Colby was on on that same interview <laughs> and they both scored week one. So, Nick, are you ready to score a touchdown this week? Yeah. Why is this the first time I've hear, I'm hearing about this? I mean, it would be a goddamn miracle if I score, but uh, I, I don't want to break the curse. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a fairly I, new trend. And Colby got the draft off the success of Disley in that that episode. Of course, as he does. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think I could. We'll make it three and zero. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a, at least a big hit fumble. Yeah, yeah, same, same shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm I'm sure you guys are ready to get the Niners game in the rear view and look forward to the Falcons here. How's the vibe in the building, and how are you guys getting ready? Yeah, obviously that was uh, a rough one to uh, pretty much in all phases, and um, you know, you always talk about it, but you really do just have to move on because it's such a, a long season. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to see those guys again. And, um, you know, there's quite literally the teams ready for us this week. I, I think when we landed back in Seattle, the Falcons were landing as well. They're staying here for the week. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah. you know, we literally saw them when we were, were flying in. So it's, uh, you know, that's the reality of the league is, you know, you have to turn around and get right back to it. And, you know, guys were in there yesterday and today, and, uh, you know, we have to kind of turn the page on that. Um, the shit that happened in San Francisco and move on. Did you guys, uh, have the pilot slow down as your plane was passing their plane? So you could all stare out the window or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. We buzzed them. So yeah, we went right over top of them and, nice. uh, you know, they had to kind of circle a while till we landed, I think. Yeah, totally. Totally. Lofa, what do you got for our man here? Well, you know, as a captain, you know, and I was a former captain way back in the days when you were a young pup, but um, I kind of want to know who's taken over the role of, you know, with Bobby and Russ, I know when I was coaching them, you know, they're up and down the sideline, making sure the guys stayed in the game. We're just telling them, hey, relax, play our game, and, you know, we'll be fine. Is there anybody, you know, doing that right now? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, – obviously, it's a different different team now. And and I think, uh, you know, guys that have always been – had that kind of personality, it's really come to the forefront now that, you know, you got guys like Bobby and Russ gone. Um, you know, I think Quandre does a great job for the back-end guys, kind of keeping everyone together. Uh, and big Al Woods up front. Um, and Jordan Brooks has done a great job. He's, you know, I mean, Bobby, Bobby, uh, was, I mean, he's not the loudest guy ever. He's, he's relatively quiet until he, he, uh, you know, spoke up and Jordan's kind of in the same mold. And, uh, I think it's been fun to watch him like as a young guy, really kind of step into that role. Um, and, you know, I think he's done a great job. I, I think, um, a cool thing about this team is, and I think, you know, as you get older in the NFL, you realize like 
there's only so much someone can say that'll get you, you know, ready to roll. Mm-hmm. I think we have a, a good, you know, workmanlike attitude on the team. And I think uh, we have a lot of young guys that are, are hungry and kind of, they, they get it, which usually it takes more time than, than I think I've seen uh, for guys to understand kind of how it works in the NFL versus college or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I like how, how things are on our team in terms of like, we know what we have to do. We know what we didn't do correctly. And it's kind of, you know, we're able as a team to come together. And I, I think it's been good so far. We just kind of, kind of keep building on it. Yeah. How about big Al Woods, man, just destroying the run game sometimes. I mean, he's just in the backfield, right? Lofa. I mean, even this last game, just a couple of plays, he just blew up at the young spry age of 34 too. Yeah. I mean, I think he's 12 year vet, just, just like my man, Nick here. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's incredible. And um, yeah, man, I, the way he looked, how explosive and everything, he didn't look, he looked more like 24. Mm-hmm. And uh, so very, you know, pleased to see he's always showing up though. Yeah. He's a wild, he's a wild guy to see in person too. People don't understand how big he is. His, his yeah. like, you just shake hands with him. His hands are like three times the size of mine. And then I think they have this new thing where they'll send you pictures from the games like that you're in. And it was pretty fucking embarrassing. It was a, like that coin toss and I'm walking out there with them and I look like a little kid compared. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So I was like, you know, the guys always post that shit. And I looked at it. I'm like, I'm not posting that. I, I could like, Cut, maybe crop him out of it, to, but I don't want that issue either. So it's don't feel good. too bad though, because I did a softball game with DK and Cam Chancellor, and this is a receiver and a, you know a safety, right? And uh, I look like a garden gnome next to these two. So, <laughs> and I told the dude, I go, hey, don't fucking post that. First picture, first picture they tagged me in was that one. I was like, awesome. I know it's fucking awful. You gotta, you gotta be careful who you stand next to. Even like uh, Tariq, the rookie corner, yeah. you stand up next to him, and you're like, what the fuck are they giving these kids these days? It's yeah. crazy. And well, you can fly. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say next. Is can we talk about the young talent on this team? I mean, you're the old grizzled vet around there, Nick. But they, some of these young guys coming in, I mean, just yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible to see and. The, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you have the the physical talent you see, obviously, but like they're all great dudes. And I don't say that too often because I, I mean, I've said it before, but I usually just despise young guys just because I'm older and I don't, <laughs> I don't uh, understand. They don't get the references and stuff really like that. <laughs> yeah. They think I'm a narc or something. I don't know, but I, it's, uh, it's fun to see, uh, you know, Tariq is like one of the greatest dudes, like, and he's just an absolute freak show. And, uh, you know, you have like Kobe Bryant that we signed. He's he's going to be a great player for us. And, um, you know, I think, you know, those guys on the back end, I mean, we have like four or five safeties that can all be great starters in this league that kind of almost get rotated. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you see the younger guys and you think to yourself, like, I got to hold off some of my, my uh, you know, tips and tricks so i can actually play for a couple more years because it's like if these guys ever fully figure it out i will be fucking homeless so, well that's um, that's where i was going with you next i mean let's let's talk about this like journey of nick belors to the nfl from central michigan right lofa i mean you saw his tape early and i, I shared this story with nick when i was getting released you know kenny norton he was a coach that cared for me and he was like hey when you're done you're done what are you gonna do 
And he's like, I can see you as a coach or a scout. And so he gave me a pile, just a ton of guys. And I was looking at them and I was like, okay, yeah, there's some ball players in there. And then I went to the film guy and I was like, yo, give me the rest. Give me all eligible linebackers from this class. Wow. And uh, 40, 43, were you? Or yeah, yeah. Number 43 from Central Michigan was just kicking the ever living shit out of everybody every game and i was like this is too good to be true and so i like i was like yo i'm thinking he's gonna go mid rounds and they were like oh he's not even on our board i was like we should be and then so before we get into asking about your journey to the nfl can you tell me who was the savage that was recruiting because you jj watt and antonio brown we're all in the same. That's the greatest recruiting class. Look, I was part of a lot of them at SC, but yeah, that's I some mean, talent. Can you just tell me who was that 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 put that master plan? Well, together? to address the first part, Lofa's just talking. He's just making this up so I'd get on the podcast. But I already did. <laughs> I already said I would get on it. He doesn't have to compliment my college play that much. But I will say that uh, I tell guys that all the time. They never believe it, but I'm like, I honestly think my freshman class. Central is one of the best ever in terms of, I mean, I'm in that group of nobody, but you talk about, you forget about JJ Watt and Antonio being, they were arguably the best players on either side of the ball for a good couple of year run there at least. Oh yeah. Um, And I don't know how we were able to get all of them. Uh, Butch Jones, who uh, was uh, with me, um, got Antonio, I believe I was recruited by Brian Kelly me and JJ were recruited by Brian Kelly. He left to go to Cincinnati right when I got there. And then Butch Jones came. Um, but yeah, we had, I mean, and we had a really good run there before me, you had Joe Staley. Um, yep. You had a yep. bunch of other guys. Uh, Dan Bazine was a second round draft pick. And then after me, you had Eric Fisher, who was number one overall. Mm-hmm. We had, um, you know, a bunch of guys that have played uh, a number of years in the NFL. But um, I think, I think the biggest thing is playing at a school like that, you know, we were, um, you know, a Mac school. And I think it kind of ultimately helped all of us because, you know, we all were like, ah, you know, we wish we were higher recruited or whatever, but as you, and I'm sure Lofa's seen it, like the longer you play, you realize, um, you know, no, once you get to the NFL, nobody cares where you played college. And it's like, nobody cares what you did in college either. And I think, um, sometimes guys at bigger schools or more heavily recruited guys kind of lose that edge. Um, and I think, you know, kind of, I mean, I didn't think I was under recruited. I was just glad to get a scholarship. So, um, but it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I was just happy to get a division one scholarship and then, you know, I just wanted to play. It was never like when I was in high school, it's like, I'm going to be in the NFL um, you know, looked, you want to just think of it one step at a time, I guess. I looked it up. I think you're still top 10. Uh, I think maybe you might be like third or fourth behind uh, Luke Keekley, who's a pretty prominent name. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you're in that company, it, it's good. But, but yeah, uh, JJ, three-time defensive player of the year. First one to do it since, uh, you know, Lawrence Taylor. Now Aaron Donald's joined him. So he was one of the most dominant for 10-year stretch. Um, and then Antonio Brown. I just keep thinking about the records he would have broken had he had a couple more years, man. And so, and then you undrafted. I, I don't even know what the percentage is or what the likelihood of a guy is making 12 years and you, you still got plenty left in the tank, my man. 
So it's just kudos to you guys and whoever's bringing those savages in. And uh, and then I just wanted to ask real quick, like, what was it like? Because, dude, I those Rex Ryan defenses were fucking amazing. And to go undrafted into a camp and come out with a job. I mean, what was that like, man? Um, it was awesome. And it was kind of weird because I came in the lockout year. So we had nothing. Oh, and then um, I came in like July 29th. Um, it was funny too, because you like all the, the vets, like I, I was all like anxious, ready to go. And all the vets were like, loved it. I'm sure like to the media, they're like, Oh, this was awful. We didn't have an off season. But as I get older, I'm like, they must've absolutely loved that because they didn't <laughs> do shit for the entire summer. But, uh, I get there and I think, um, like the first day of camp, Dave Harris, who was the starting Mike linebacker, uh, he was, he wasn't holding out, but he hadn't signed his contract yet. So I was calling the defense like the first day yeah. and I was like, I was, I was nervous as shit because you know, it's like Rex's thing or whatever. And, uh, well, this is just kind of a funny story, but I've got the, the mic in my helmet and, uh, and I hear someone there, the, the D coordinator, Mike Patton is like, go up to Rex and tell him to go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm like about to call the play. And then he, he calls the play and he goes, I'm not going to ask you again, go up to Rex and tell him to go fuck himself. And I'm like looking around to see who has the, I'm like, I'm thinking it's, you know, the DC. And I'm like looking around and I see Rex and I go up to him and say it to him. And he just stares at me. And I, I thought he was in on the joke, but I don't think he was. And then I go back to the huddle and he's just he's like, what the, who the fuck is this kid? But it was uh, oh, so that's wow. how I started. So that was a little off-putting. But uh, he <laughs> did was, you ever find out what was, what that story was? Like who put you uh, up to it? I mean, or what it the, was just like yeah. You, we do the same kind of shit here in Seattle. But it was like those all those coaches were buddies and they were just, just fucking with each with other. Yeah, so okay. I I just wasn't in on the joke and I was just like the most square like. <laughs> Didn't want to mess up. And I was like, oh, a rookie. Uh, just Coach trying to Rex, do the best uh, you can. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Should I not have done that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got, you probably got Bart Scott in your ear. And if not, he's probably the one on the microphone that played the joke on you. You know, it probably was Bart now that I think about it because it didn't really sound like Patton. So I, it probably was Bart. But That's that was so funny. I mean, that was one of those things where it, that's one of the, like my first year. That's some of the guys I play with. I can tell guys now and they know that I'm really old then. I'd be like, yeah, I played with LaDainian Tomlinson and Ed Reed and Mark Brunel. And they're like, what the fuck? They're like, how old are you? So, <laughs> Those guys um, have gray yeah. hair in their beards. What? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, it's a badge yeah. of honor, brother. Wear that proudly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Nick, we could talk to you all day, but um, I got 10 random questions for you and about one minute on the clock. But of course, we'll probably go over that. You want to give it a shot? Sure. All right. Let me get my intense music going. There we go. All right. Question number one for Nick Ballore, who also, by the way, actually, shout out to you and your show, Between Two Ballores, everybody. You Thank guys you. can find it on YouTube. It's hilarious. Nick has Seahawks on as guests, I mean, people on as guests. It's a bit of a la Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis, but it's between two Belors with Nick and it's dude it's hilarious cracks me up every time none of the young guys have ever seen the original so they don't understand the concept <laughs> <at all. laughs> yeah they don't get the references it makes it better oh, that's funny uh, Nick heads or tails heads 
Why number 44? Uh, I'm like one of those guys that literally does not care what number I wear at all. I'm ready to sell it. Anybody that wants it on the team, I will sell it to you. Okay. Uh, If called upon, would you rather punt or punt return? Punt. Can you spin it? Uh, Better than I can return it for sure. Okay. What's your go-to halftime snack? Mm, I get the orange slices like I'm a fucking five-year-old playing soccer. <laughs> I was, we were talking to the interns before we had you on, and I was going over the questions, and I said the halftime snack one, and they were like, do they eat at halftime? And I was like, I'm pretty sure there's snacks in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got tons of snacks. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, do you know your Madden speed rating? Uh, if I had to guess, it'd probably be in the 60s. No, you're a 77. Yeah, lays in the track. Also, you're a 79 for jump. Do you have hops? No, I don't know what they need to. You see all the guys always being like, they need to up my score. Yeah, they need to drop that down. (laughs) Maybe those are your actual ratings too. Yeah, Uh, your favorite. No, let's see. Wait. Oh, here we go. If you weren't a football player, you'd be a. Uh, most people would say on the team, a financial planner. When I like slick my hair, back, they ask me uh, if I can help them with their portfolio. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. On a scale of one through 10, how cool are the Seahawks throwback uniforms? And how much do you want to wear those silver helmets? 10. We need to, we need to do it. I don't, the color rush jerseys make me look fat. We need the throwback jerseys. What is your favorite Pete-ism? Uh, he'll he'll say something and then he'll say bullshit on that, and was, I'm, I, he's the only person I know that says that. Yeah. <laughs> um, most unique fan interaction. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's been any. any sign some foreheads. That was my most unique interaction. <laughs> I'm to think, I haven't been able to sign anything cool yet in my career. Uh, I'm waiting for that day. Um, I'm trying to think of a a weird interaction. No, I mean, okay. like nobody, no one ever like knows who I am except for when we started doing the between two balors. So I get a little FaceTime, and so that's like at the park. People are like, you, do you do that show? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's never about football. I also play for the Hawks. No big deal. You guys <laughs> listening out there. And I've got my jersey on and everything. I don't know why they don't. See, you guys listening out there need to provide Nick with some unique fan interactions the next time you run into him. Uh, final question for you here, Nick. What's been your favorite play as a Seahawk? Oof. Um... I'm trying to think. Uh, I would say some of the plays against the Niners have been, those are always awesome. Uh, it was fun knocking the dude's helmet off last year uh, on, a, on a punt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then blocking for Adrian Peterson when he scored uh, last year was was awesome. I didn't know that it was like for, it put him in like top 10 for rushing touchdowns. And that, that was pretty cool. Oh, that is awesome. Back on. Yeah, that's cool. Nick, thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. And 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 take the word back to the guys in the locker room. If they want to score touchdowns, they got to come on take 12. 
I will. I need to. I need to pass the word along to Shane that uh, I need a, some plays at fullback so I can actually give this thing a shot. Hey man, uh, goal line package. Come on, sneak you. You know you get lost in the wash in there. You squirt out the other side. We we'll find you in the corner. Come on now. Exactly. Or just bring it. one of your signature big hits. I love those. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. I'll, I'll do that for Lofa. That that counts as a as good of a touch. Absolutely. It gets the crowd going, dude. I I was talking about it for weeks. After that San Fran game a year ago, I was like, "Did you guys see that fucking hit?" <laughs> Open the co- the show with that like three times. Yeah, <laughs> we need it. We need, we need it again. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me, guys. Feel over. Later, brother. Well, there you go. That's the Take Twelve podcast for this week. Come back next week. We'll let you know what we thought about the Falcons game, and then we'll look forward to the Lions. For Lofa and producer Katie and The Missing Link, and all the interns. I'm Brett. Check out betonline.ag also. Shout out. Betonline.ag. Use promo code BELIEVE50 for a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. We're out of time. I got to get out of here. See you next week. Enjoy the game. Oh, and look for the score prediction challenge, too. Gift cards from Simply Seattle. Too much stuff going on, Katie. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.